Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and strategies to shake up the status quo in human resources and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Hello, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Welcome to our newest series here. We're talking about HR trends with Game Changers. Another great show and a great panel for you today. Hey, today's buzz, DNI. If you've been listening to the show, you know that means diversity and inclusion. So let's get started. We know that a solid Diversity and inclusion policy at your company can expand your workforce talent. Yes, bring in all kinds of unique talents and flavors and people who do things your regular quote-unquote workforce may not know how to do and may not do very well. But let's get down to business. What about the bottom line impact to your business? What a panel I have for you today. The experts speak. Let me tell you about them. Karen Sumberg from the Center for Talent Innovation sent me this quote. Very interesting. Companies need to walk on two legs. They need two kinds of diversity in order to innovate and remain competitive. Karen will join us in about two minutes and she'll tell us what she meant. I want to know about the two legs. What are they? Also joining us today is Mark McLean from Barclays. And he says the following, diversity and inclusion should be about first recognizing that our colleagues are our customers. They are not separate and distinct. Okay, we'll hear from Mark and find out the meaning and impact of that. Also on the panel, we have a big panel today. Andrea Agnew is joining us from Comcast. She says, my grandmother told me to go out in this world and find your purpose to leave the world better than the world you found. In other words, and here's the Gandhi quote we all love, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Love the quote. We'll be introducing you to Andrea in just a minute. And rounding out the panel is Anka Wittenberg from SAP. And here's what Anka told me. As the world continues to become increasingly diverse, the topic of diversity and inclusion has become essential, both from a social and a business perspective, which is what we're talking about today. Companies that successfully build diversity within their employee base covered coupled with a truly inclusive workplace culture, will have an undeniable competitive advantage in the future. That's the nail on the head she's hitting there. We'll talk to Anka in just a minute. So join us for more of their expert insights on diversity and inclusion, business impacts. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome again to HR Trends with Game Changers. We're live. Welcome to October. It's October 1, 2013, and this is our fourth show in our 13-week mini-series about HR Trends. Let me tell you about our guests, and we'll get to hear their voices now. Karen Sumberg is Executive Vice President at the Center for Talent Innovation and a Principal with the CTI's Advisory Services Practice Hewlett-Chive Partners. She is an expert in gender, career pathing, and communications, and she leads research projects for the CTI, including, let me quote these, Executive Presence Multicultural, The Power of Out 2.0, The Sponsor Effect, The Power of Out, we'll have to find out what that is, LGBT in the Workplace, Bookend Generations, Leveraging Talent, and Finding Common Ground. Karen Sumberg, welcome to HR Trends. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from New York. Oh, me too. Beautiful sunny day. Are you looking out on something wonderful like I am? 
Um, not really. I have some lovely scaffolding outside, but I pretend like it's beautiful. <laughs> I'll look for you. I'm on Long Island, and it's just gorgeous here. Thank you for joining us, Karen. Let me move on to our next guest, welcoming Mark McLean. He's the Global Head of Diversity and Inclusion, which is why he's here, for Barclays, where he's responsible for creating a global D&I strategy that will maximize organizational strengths, remain nimble in the ever-changing global business climate, and enable Barclays to maintain its competitive advantage by driving innovation to its customers. Before Barclays, he was director of DNI for Booz Allen Hamilton, a professional services firm we know the name in Washington, D.C. Mark McLean, how are you today? I'm great, Bonnie. Thank you. Wonderful. And you're calling from where? I'm calling from London, England, and it's not a sunny day here. Surprise, surprise. It's a bit cloudy, but I do have a great view. I'm overlooking the O2 for those of you familiar with London. What is the O2? Tell me. The O2 is a popular uh, venue for concerts, and it's where all of the gymnastics from the 2012 Olympics was held. Wonderful. I have to tell you, Mark, you are so clear. You are sounding so crystal clear. I keep turning around when you talk to see if you're standing next to me. (laughs) Amazing connection, the power of technology and communications. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Andrea Agnew has 15 15 years of experience in recruiting, talent management, workforce diversity with organizations such as, and here's the long list, Comcast, PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Booz Allen Hamilton, there's that name again, National SAP Practice, and Deloitte Touche Tomatsu, mid-Atlantic region since 2006. Andrea has worked at Comcast and is now the Executive Director of Workforce Diversity and Inclusion. Andrea Agnew, how are you today? I am fantastic, and I'd like to say welcome to everyone on the call. This is extremely exciting. I'm calling from Philadelphia, and it's sunny in Philadelphia, and uh, I'm very happy about that. Wonderful. And you sound, I think you and Mark are both standing next to me. These two are the best connections we've ever had. Thank you for joining us, Andrea. We have a lot to discuss with you. And rounding out our panel, as I said, is Anka Wittenberg, the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer at SAP, responsible for the development and implementation of SAP's DNI strategy globally, ensuring sustainable business success. And Anka reports to Dr. Werner Brandt, member of the SAP Executive Board. Welcome, Anka. How are you? Oh, very well. It's an absolute pleasure for me to be here. And it's also a great pleasure to hear your voice again, Mark, you know. So to have some of good colleagues on the phone and in the show is great. I'm sitting here near Frankfurt in our headquarters of SAP, and it's a beautiful end of an Indian summer day. So the sun is going down, and it's golden light outside. It's just beautiful. Thank you, Anka. Pleasure to hear you, and thank you so much for taking time. I know you're all very busy, and we love having very busy people on the panel because they have a lot to say. So let's go back into the opening. I'm going to pull apart the quotes one at a time. Karen Sundberg, CTI. Companies need to walk on two legs. They need two kinds of diversity in order to innovate and remain competitive. Talk to me, Karen. What are the two legs, and, and companies do or don't have these? Give me a little background, please. Sure. So we've been doing a lot of research on this innovation piece and really looking at critically what do we mean when we say that diversity um, fuels innovation and can drive ultimately market growth for companies. And what we've seen is that it's not only that you need the inherent diversity that we all talk about, that you need the women or people of color or LGBT professionals or um, maybe different nationalities, but you need to make sure you also have leaders have what we call acquired diversity, that they have um, the ability to, that they're culturally fluent, that they have the ability to lead in an inclusive way, because it's not enough just to get that inherent diversity to the table. 
you also have to have the leaders there who know how to hear the different ideas, how to make sure that everybody is, is being heard and make sure that um, they are really uh, bringing all of the ideas to the table. So we, we need that inherent, and that is very important, but we also need that acquired, and that applies to all leaders, right? This isn't something we're looking mm-hmm. for from a specific group. We need all of our leaders to be inclusive leaders. Thank you very much, Karen. Good start for our conversation. Mark, let's get you in here. I don't think we'll get everybody before the break, but let's go. Mark, D&I should be about first recognizing that our colleagues are our customers, not separate and distinct. Talk to me. What does that mean? Yeah, Bonnie, that's very simply tying it back to the business. We, we continue to talk about D&I and the war on talent. And what actually Karen was just talking about is, you know, inclusion and making certain that people are heard. So building an inclusive environment, you start with the fact that our customers are here. As a colleague at Barclays, I'm one in the same, right? I'm a Barclays customer, and I'm a Barclays colleague. So understanding my needs as a colleague, translating that and having my voice at the table is what drives, right, our innovation to our customers, what drives the fact that Barclays now has talking ATMs throughout the whole of the U.K., because we listened to our colleagues with disabilities. They told us what was needed. They told us not only internally what we needed to do to be a more inclusive environment, but how to be able to bring innovation to them as a customer. So that's how we're addressing it and really talking to business leaders and saying, our colleagues are our customers. We have to listen. And then we have to be able to translate that into our business is this bridge between the war on talent and the war on market share. We're after the same person. We're just going at it in parallel paths. It's about bringing that inflection point together and driving that inclusion and innovation. Thank you very much, Mark. Good starting point. Andrea, I think we can get you in here before we go to break. And I love these words from your grandma. Tell us just a drop about who she was and where. But she quoted Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world. Tell us, Andrea. Right. So my grandmother was a biracial uh, woman who grew up back in the early, like, 1920s. And she had a love for everyone. And so the be the change in the world that you want to see was to be able to bring your full self into an organization and make sure that you're making a difference and a good difference. And so that's one of the things when we think about what's inclusion is meeting people where they are, appreciating them where they are, and accepting them and helping to make that change. Wonderful. Thank you. And you know what? We just have a minute here to squeeze in Anka Wittenberg, your wonderful words of wisdom. I'm going to just read the second half of your quote, Anka. Companies that successfully build diversity within their employee base, coupled with a truly inclusive workplace culture, will have an undeniable competitive advantage in the future. Talk to me. How does this work, Anka? The the inclusiveness, the truly inclusive, what do we mean here? Well, you know, I think the technology industry and the marketplace, they are greatly changing. And what we see is that we need to be a lot closer to our customers and a lot more personalized with the engagement. So Mark was talking quite a bit about our internal customers to understand our external customers. And we say, you know, we do need to understand our customer better. A lot more insights, you know, we really need to deliver to the needs uh, with speed. And that helps us if we have the diverse workforce inside that we can really understand our customer back better. So I think I'm very much going in line with Mark has already mentioned there. 
Wonderful. Thank you. And you know what? You're all so efficient that you brought me right up to the precipice of the break. We're right on time. Guess what? We're going to take our first break. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Diversity and Inclusion, the Business Impacts of DNI. We know it's great. We know it's wonderful. We know you can't go wrong with it, but we want to know what's going on with the bottom line with DNI. My panelists today are Karen Sumberg from the Center for Talent Innovation, Mark McLean at Barclays, Andrea Agnew at Comcast, and Anka Wittenberg at SAP. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that dial that app that mouse randy take us out we'll be right back when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers. Presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. And it's time for that special segment on the show when I ask my guests to get up close and personal with us and tell me what they're drinking, what's in your cup today, coffee, tea, water, milk, juice, whatever combination, wherever you are. And if it's nothing interesting, tell me what your best coffee break beverage is. Let's start with Karen Sumberg from CTI, the Center for Talent Innovation. Karen, what do you want us to think you're drinking today, my dear? No, it's actually what I'm drinking. Um, Good. I'm having uh, tea pigs peppermint tea because I am fighting off a cold, and um, and I just like the name tea pigs. I think it's just such a creative brand name, so I buy tea it. Tea pigs. I have to know what does the label look like? It must be amazing. Um, it, it actually isn't as amazing as they could have made it. There are no pigs Aww. on it. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad. There's just a picture of a peppermint candy, but. Um, you know, we can work with them on that. Maybe some innovation. Maybe bringing some pigs in for diversity to consult on their label. I that, that's a fantastic tie-in. Thank you. By the way, mint tea is it's a funny thing, Karen. When I go to a restaurant and I ask for mint tea because I try not to drink coffee after a certain time of night, even if they say it's decaf, we know there's always something in there. Who needs that kick? Not me. But I'll say, give me mint tea, and they'll look at me funny and say. Oh, we don't have mint tea, miss. We have peppermint tea. Is that okay? And I just stare at them. It's like, really? You really want me to clarify that mint and pe- I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too much of a novice at that. Thank you, Karen. Mark McLean at Barclays, what are you drinking today? Or talk to me. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm with Karen on the tea drinker today. I'm in the afternoon, so uh, it's green tea with ginger. 
and it's just an amazing way to end the day. It gives you a little bit of a boost. You don't get that coffee rush, and you get all those great antioxidants in the ginger. It's just amazing. So Fantastic. How do you the get day. the... How do you get the ginger in there? Is it is it real ginger from a ginger root, or is it just a hint of uh, of the powdered ginger? Or what do you do to get ginger in there? What I do is I go to the lobby of our building and I go over <laughs> to Starbucks and I ask for I, I, I knew I, tea and they they're the only place in Canary Wharf that I can get it. So that's how I get the ginger in there. <laughs> well, no pun intended, but Mark, I walked right into that one. <laughs> Thank you. I just I deserve that. I really did. Thank you. Here I I have ginger root and powdered ginger at home, and I'm thinking, what can I do to make? Okay, good. Enough, Bonnie. Andrea Agnew, Comcast. What are you drinking today? Real or Imaginary, talk to so me. This must be the day for Starbucks. So I have a anti. I have chocolate chai latte tea from Starbucks. Oh. And under normal circumstances, the chocolate chai latte tea would consist of steamed milk, creamy cocoa, topped with whipped cream. Today, however, I have mine filled with a heartfelt blend of care, determination, compassion, and fair mindedness. Oh, you are good. That's a perfect DNI cup, right? Absolutely perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Andrea. Custom designed for the show. Anka Wittenberg, all the way over in Germany. What are you drinking right now, Anka? Oh, it seems like it is the evening or the day of the tea. I'm drinking <laughs> this very, very strong black tea that I got from my Indian colleagues. And it's just something that we always love to drink in the afternoon and gives back real great memories to the India times. Oh, wonderful. I like that. I like tea with a nostalgic kick. That's a good one. So now that we know what everybody's drinking, let's see. Malcolm, do you have a drink for me? I'm looking. Malcolm is my co-producer, and and Brad is on the air with us, too. So Malcolm and Brad send me on Twitter at hashtag SAP Radio, and everybody is invited to tweet with us. We are madly tweeting away what the guests are saying, the guest bios, their quotes, their all their interesting talking points, and their W-O-Ws, words of wisdom. So Malcolm and Tom, I'm waiting for your... For your coffee orders here, and I am just allowed to drink water on show days. It's plain and simple that way. Let's dive into our conversation here. Mark McLean, I'm going to ask you to please kick off the roundtable. An interesting comment you told me before the show, and we want to talk about, we've talked about DNI. We understand it's a good thing. I think it's a brave new world for some companies, but people at the top level, the C-suite are going to say, sounds wonderful on an HR basis, but what does it do for my business? And you told me DNI is both a business and HR imperative, and here's the key. You cannot separate these points. Tell me why, Mark, and then let's have everybody weigh in and see if they agree with you. Talk to me. Yeah, Bonnie, that goes back to my uh, original quote about you can't separate colleague and customer. And as Mm -hmm. soon as we start to really think about the individual as an individual, regardless of where they sit in the organization or outside of the organization, it starts to bring... It, the DNI initiative together in a more concrete way. The other piece is if the business doesn't own DNI, then no one owns it. It's not a an HR initiative. So my team is here as a center of excellence to assist the business in driving their business forward, whether it's the war on talent and making certain that we're able to attract the best of the best, the most senior women on Wall Street as an example. We have to be able to help the business position Barclays as the brand of choice, whether as an employer of choice or as the retail bank of choice, as an example. You can't separate the two. And that's what I mean by this is both a business imperative and an HR initiative, right? It's about caring for our colleagues through the employee life cycle of recruitment, retention, development, promotion. And it's also about continuing to partner with the business 
to say, as an employee of Barclays, I also expect to be a customer of Barclays. Mm -hmm. So when I see our advertising as an out executive, as an example, I want to see my partner and I in that advertising. I want our bank to talk to me as a customer so that I recognize you know my needs as an individual. And, And that's that bridge. So having an inclusive work environment, the inclusion piece, the HR mm-hmm. piece brings that voice to the table because it's no longer silenced. It's expected to bring the voice of women, of people of color, of our gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender colleagues, individuals with disabilities, right down the spectrum of diversity mm-hmm. based on where you are in the world and that richness, although you may have in the organization, from a diversity standpoint, if you don't build an inclusion, and an expectation of bringing that to the business table, that's the gap for most organizations today, and that's the, ba- the gap that we're bridging. And, you know, I gave an earlier example about talking ATMs. Another mm-hmm. example of commercializing diversity was our LGBT network meeting with our retail bank, and six months later, right, we have the first gay couple in a retail bank adverse. Again, it's listening to our customer and then translating that into action, talking ATMs. We now have uh, sign language um, capability in our branches. Instead of calling and making an appointment with a British sign language interpreter for a a customer, we now have it on iPad capability, so we can dial that up. So, again, it's all of this translating into business impact that if the, your voice isn't in the room, you can't drive that level of impact. People won't yeah, hear you. I think I w- Mark, yes. Mm-hmm, go ahead, Anka. And I think, Mark, just to, to come up on that, and I think the other point that we also bring to the table is to really help the business to focus on the strength everybody's bringing to the table. And I think that's something where we do need to change also as a society. Mm-hmm. So if we look backwards a bit, we always used to look a lot more uh, that we were focusing on the weaknesses but I think if we focus a lot more on the strengths and the uniqueness the people bring to the table, we can really redefine the way we leverage diverse talents in this world. And going forward, that's what we need to bring to the table as well. Yeah. And, Anka, and, I absolutely and, agree oh. with you. And you, you have to build it into the processes of the organization, and it has to be built into really the operating and, operating and delivery model of the organization. It can't be one or the other. I totally agree, and it has to be uh, business as usual and institutionalized. DNI is not programmatic. Programs get cut, and so it has to be embedded in the organization's DNA. Really good point, Andrea. Yes, go ahead, Anka. Oh, no, it's Karen, sorry. Karen, Karen, yes, go ahead. Sort of build on what everyone said, but take it up one more level. You know, as we think about our companies and and what – you know, what companies produce now. And a lot of companies, their product is really their people or it's heavily tied to their people. So it becomes crucially important to look at who your people are, are they representative of your, of your market, because in a knowledge economy, it is all about the brain power. It is all about what your employees bring to the table. We know from our research that as you look at the global talent pool, as you look at those coming out of college, um, colleges globally, only 17% are white men. 
And I, I don't say this to alienate white men, but I say it to put in perspective that if we are only hiring, you know, what what our maybe current leadership looks like or, or just only select groups, we're really ignoring a big part of the town pool and a big part of our customer pool. Karen, I want to bring up another point, and thank you all. I, I have to compliment my panel. This is what we dream of, is everybody just diving in and chiming in. This is perfect. Thank you. The energy is great. Enough, enough editorializing. Karen, you, I want to take it even a step further and get another talking point here that everybody can comment on. You say, Ted, to me before the show, companies that have both inherent and acquired diversity do see an impact in accessing new markets and gaining market share. The way I see this is it ties back to what Mark McLean at Barclay said a few minutes ago about how they're including DNI in their advertising in the talking ATMs. They're including the customer and the, the employee as customer, and, and it all ties in together. So what do you mean, Karen, can you define for us the inherent and acquired diversity? And take us a little further on this point, please. Sure. So the inherent diversity is, is, you know, traditionally what we look at when we look at diversity. We think about gender and age and generation and, um, and race, ethnicity, nationality, but things that are innate and, and tend to be unchangeable. Um, and acquired are those things that you pick up from your experiences, your language fluency, cultural fluency. Um, maybe it's from military experience, but it's understanding how to work with difference how to hear ideas from people who are different. We know that people um, don't tend to hear ideas that don't personally resonate for them. So, you know, how do you as a leader be able to put all the ideas on the table, hear them and endorse an idea, take an idea to a development phase, even if it's something that you personally don't resonate with. We find often that within companies, the decision-making table may be made up of people who are of the same gender, of the same race, of the same nationality. And that becomes a problem when you are trying to innovate for new markets, whether those markets are internal to the company or external to the company. You know, innovation and diversity are very closely linked, but it's not, it is, you know, to Mark's point, absolutely about that external reach, that external market, but it is also about the internal change in the organization. How are companies innovating talent models um, and, and innovating for their own employees and for a more diverse pool of employees who are coming in with different needs, different um, wants, and, and different expectations from their workplace. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, I have it, about – yeah, go I, ahead, Mark. I, I have about 30 seconds. There, Please I, I, do. I want to just tag on to what Karen just yeah. said because she started to talk about internal models, and I think one of the – biggest issues still today around diversity, around leadership, around talent management, is that we continue to leverage an antiquated leadership model that's based on a white Anglo-Saxon male. And I think the, the companies that are really getting this right today are saying, we're not going to inherently change what we think our leadership attributes are, but we're going to recognize that those attributes show up differently for different people. They show up differently around the globe. And to have a global view of leadership, we have to start to refine how leadership shows up. What are, what are our expectations of a global leader today? But so many companies are you know, stuck in a leadership model that is antiquated, and that mm -hmm. works against diversity and inclusion. Wouldn't you say, Karen? Absolutely, yeah. Mark. Absolutely. 
It does. You know what? I want you all to hold that thought. Anka, just hold on. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we will continue this topic because we've got a lot to say. You're listening to HR Trends with Game Changers. We've got a lively panel today. We've got Karen Sundberg from CTI Center for Talent Innovation, Mark McLean at Barclays, Andrea Agnew at Comcast, and Anka Wittenberg at SAP. They're chomping at the bit to chime in. We're talking about diversity and inclusion, the business impacts, and a lot more than that. What is it? How do you have a true spirit of innovation? of inclusion that will lead to innovation, lead to new markets, lead to better business bottom line. A lot to talk about. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Randy's going to take us out, and we'll be right back in one minute. Don't go anywhere. Promise me. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. Here we are. I have a couple of coffee orders left over from the previous segment. Malcolm says he needs another cup of Phil's coffee to get him through some urgent tech issues. Malcolm, get through those urgent tech issues. Have another cup on us. And Tom Flanagan, our, I don't know, I have to give him a title. He's our, our task person manager for all the logistics for the show. Thank you, Tom. And says he's drinking GT's Synergy Kambuka fruit punch flavored healthy probiotics to help combat a lingering cold. I hope you feel better, Tom. Thank you for that long title. Okay, Anka Wittenberg was going to take us into this next segment. We were finishing up a conversation that we started several minutes ago. Anka, why don't you come in and then I have something to uh, to bring into the conversation. So Anka Wittenberg from SAP, talk to me. Absolutely. Thanks again, Bonnie. So I mm-hmm. just wanted to comment on what Mark said about, you know, the leadership model and how this really is supposed to reflect diversity and inclusion. And I think that's so essential because what we are still seeing quite a bit with a lot of companies is that when we evaluate, when we evaluate the potential of our people and our talents, we always focus still on sameness. And I think that's something where we do have to shift our mind. We have to say, you know, it's the uniqueness that's going to take us forward. And I'm sure we're going to come back to, you know, how to innovate from the edge. And that's exactly what we need. Focus on the uniqueness and let us not evaluate on sameness. Exactly. Who do I hear? Somebody wants oh, to talk. Sorry, it's Karen. I just want to Go build ahead. on that, Anka, because it's something that mm-hmm. we have a lot of discussion about here at the center and something that, you know, Mark, I know, is very 
um, knowledgeable about this work that we've done around sponsorship and around helping people understand the importance of relationships in the workplace and understanding how people move in the workplace. You know, when we have phenomenal talent, what is it that gets them moving and into those positions of power? And we find that sponsorship, these very critical relationships, um, are what really do it. And one of the key things about sponsorship as we talk to potential sponsors, potential leader, you know, leaders in the organization about who they sponsor, who they speak for at those important succession discussions, is to look and make sure that they're not just sponsoring people who are like themselves, that they are really looking for that more diverse talent, for that person who's different from them, whether it be by gender or race or nationality um, or sexual orientation, um, so that they are, you know, not only enhancing their um, knowledge of the organization, their knowledge of the diverse experience in the organization through their relationship with their protege or sponsee, but also that they are helping to grow that more diverse leadership by sponsoring those who are diverse top talents into those positions of power. Thank you, Karen. I, I want to shift just a little bit here to talk about how inclusion happens. I know we've been touching on it through the show, but I have a great talking point, a great quote here from Andrea Agnew at Comcast. She says, everyone has the responsibility to be an ambassador for inclusion. I love that title, Andrea, which means we act as change agents to influence the business of DNI in our day-to-day -day tasks. The question to ask is, what are you doing today? Talk to me, Andrea. How does this, how does a company know when they've demonstrated inclusion the right way, and who is supposed to ask this question, what are you doing today, to whom? So regardless of where you sit in the organization, from the guy in the mailroom to the guy at the, t at the top of the house, and it's just humanity. It's just, you know, being gracious and having that human connection. And, you know, I've always said you can have diversity without having inclusion. You cannot have inclusion without embracing diversity. And I speak of diversity in its broadest terms of all the ways that we are different. And so when an organization does that right and they do, they do it well, everyone experiences it, not just from the external awards, but the employees that are in the organization. And, you know, we have the measure, measurements for that, whether it's a, an employee satisfaction survey, whether it's you're, you're looking at the trends from hiring, uh, development and advancement, and uh, retention. Thank you very much. And you know what? I, I want to read some statistics here. I got a great list of numbers, percents, sources from Anka Wittenberg before the show. Anka, with your permission, I'd like to read some of the stats you sent, and then we can everybody chime in. Is that okay, Anka, if we go there? Absolutely. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Anka sent me the following. Gender diverse management teams generate Ready for this? 48% higher operating margins. The source is Women Matter, Gender Diversity, a Corporate Performance Driver, Diversity Inc. from McKinsey & Company, all the way back in 2004. Wow. Let me read another one. Inclusive workplaces have 39% higher customer satisfaction, 27% higher profitability, and 22% greater productivity. That's a 2003 Gallup Workplace Studies, cumulative Gallup workplace studies. Uh, also, one more I'll do here. 85% of enterprises agree that diversity results in, wait for it, the most innovative ideas. That's a Forbes study from 2011. Anka, do you study these? Do you gather these uh, on a regular basis? Because these are very inspiring and very encouraging. Talk to me. Well, absolutely, because it is simply the base, you know, for our business case. It needs to be clear and out there. And I know, you know, that I've talked once to a colleague in an American. I said, so how do you create more awareness? 
And, you know, the colleague of mine, she said, you know, I am really working with the business case and focus on the dominant group. And I said, well, well it is still the male 45 to 55-year-old manager. And this is the business language that we understand at this level. And that's why we are using these KPIs still to really drive the importance and the awareness for the business case for diversity and inclusion. Very interesting. Who wants to jump in on this? I'm sure Mark yeah. and Karen have some interesting numbers. Talk to me, Mark. Yeah, I'm going to jump in because I'm, I'm going to absolutely agree with Anka just said. And having mm-hmm. those, those business-aligned statistics to be able to talk to the business of why this is important it is always, always paramount in what we do. I'm also going to give a, a little bit of a commercial message to Karen and the team at CTI because they do great research that continues to push forward around innovation and diversity just recently that continues to bring the business case forward, right? We don't have to build a business case, but we have to continue to make certain that the work we're doing around diversity and inclusion remains business relevant. And I think that's where those statistics, those couple of headlines you need to be able to sit down with the business and say, did you know having a more inclusive uh, organization drives better business performance in this way. Oh, also, did you know, here are emerging markets and here's the buying power of those markets. How are we tapping into that? And that starts to be the connection point. So, exactly. Mark, and, and to build on that, Mark, and, and I'm going to build on that great research, mm-hmm. our innovation, diversity, and market growth research, which came out last week, similar findings, right? Companies with that 2D diversity, with that inherent, with that acquired, are 75% more likely to have a marketable idea implemented. And 70% of those companies are more likely to see their company capture a new market and 45% more likely to see their company improve market share. So really making that business case makes this all the more real. And to Andrea's point around building that inclusive environment, we find when we look at this in companies, it's often these very simple behaviors. It's the same behaviors actually that seed innovation, something that companies always are looking for, whether that's internal or external. to really drive their business are the same behaviors that we see that drive inclusion. So things like I share credit for team success, I give actionable feedback, um, I take advice and implement the feedback, I empower decision-making with my team members, um, I make it safe to take risk and propose risky ideas. All of these things that we see that really do drive that inclusive environment are the same things that are going to drive innovation for many of the companies. And so if inclusion isn't the buzzword, which we want it to be, and I hope Mm -hmm. it is, um, innovation will definitely be that buzzword that's going to hopefully get the leader's attention and really get them paying attention to this. Now, I have, this is Bonnie, I want to ask a question to the whole panel. We have, oh, about four minutes left to this segment. Important question because we're on the business channel at Voice America World Talk Radio. We don't know exactly the demographics of our audience, but it's a business audience. We may have a lot of people who are in startups, entrepreneurs, people in the small end of SMEs, small to mid-sized enterprises. Are we talking, and I'll address this question to the whole panel, to Anka and Mark and Andrea and Karen, are we talking about just big companies 
I sense a flavor of mid to large enterprise in everything we've been hearing. So how does this apply to the startup, to the small company that's trying to figure out, yeah, what do we really need to do? What does inclusion mean to a company with 50 or fewer employees or 20 or fewer employees? Something of really getting off the ground. So who wants to start this off? We have three minutes left. I want to hear everybody. Who wants to kick it in? So this is Andrea, and I'll start real quick and just kind of piggyback off of what Karen was just saying and also Mark and Anka. So statistics are always great, but it, so whether you're a, a, a small company or a Fortune 100 organization, it always starts at the top and, uh, because that's where it's really important. That it, again, that it begins at the top of the organization. And someone said, you know, who are the voices that are not being heard? And mm-hmm. when you think about um, innovation, Karen really mentioned it, and inclusion and innovation are one and the same. Because if you do have that mix in the organization, innovation is just going to happen. Okay. Who wants and to jump in on that? Mark, go I'll, ahead. I'll, I'll, ju- I'll jump in on being very specific about smaller maybe startup enterprises, I think it's even more important in in that market segment, Bonnie, because if you think about Mm -hmm. having a startup company, you can't really have false starts. You've got to be able to have a reflection of your customer base. You need that innovation. You need that drive. And you also need retention of that great talent because that's where you have the false starts, right? Bringing folks in, if it's not an inclusive work environment and you're trying to get a business off the ground, the false starts is losing one or two key people is Mm -hmm. a huge impact on an organization. So I think it's even more important at a smaller or mid-sized enterprise to get this right. Good, good point. Yes, Karen, go ahead. on that, Mark, you know, I think in some ways small businesses actually probably have an easier time doing this, right? You have a Mm -hmm. smaller group, especially if you're under 50 people, where you really have a lot of access to each other, where you really are, you know, building this environment. This environment. The trick becomes, as you grow from that small to mid to larger company, how do you keep some of those wonderful, innovative, inclusive practices that happen at that so easily at that smaller size as you get bigger, beyond the fifty, beyond the hundred, and maybe into the thousands, if you're if you're so lucky to do so, or if that's where you want to grow. And I think that's something that I would put to um, small and mid business, mid sized businesses listening, which is think about some of these great things that you may be doing that that bigger companies may struggle with just by virtue of their size, and how do you start to continue to hold on to those, sort of make them more institutional and part of your culture as you grow? Great point, Karen. And Anka, I want to hear from you before we go to break. We're running a little late, but Anka Wittenberg from SAP, your thoughts on the smaller companies having a great D&I policy in the bottom line? Go ahead. Absolutely, because it's all about the agility, and I think that's, you know, where we yes. a lot of times learn from the smaller companies. I mean, sometimes the big companies can be seen a little bit more, you know, like a tanker, but we do need those speedboats to change. So the, for the big companies, we do innovate from the edge, but I think that's exactly what the advantages of the smaller ones, but exactly what Mark said, they cannot afford to fail. They only have one way to go forward, and they do need all the different opinions at the table to have less risk in their management. 
Wonderful. Thank you. You know what? We're going to come back and it's time for the crystal ball. I'm going to ask Karen Sumberg, Mark McLean, Andrea Agnew, and Anka Wittenberg to get out that polishing cloth, that chamois, if you have an elegant one, or the silk scarf you don't want anymore, and go polish off the crystal ball while we take a one-minute break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you what this conversation would be like if we fast-forwarded, did a little time travel. I love that idea. A little time travel. Five years from today, would we still be talking about the business impact of DNI, or would it just be something people say, yeah, of course, we have it, we do it, we love it, we grow with it. So we'll be right back. This is HR Trends with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, still will, and after the break, we'll be right back with Crystal Ball Predictions. Don't miss it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. enjoying hr trends with game changers presented by sap email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at twitter hashtag sapradio now let's get back to hr trends with game changers we are. We're going to push forward time travel five years ahead to 2018 if my guests can see a clear day five years out. I'm going to ask them each to take a look ahead in the crystal ball and tell me what would this conversation be about diversity and inclusion, the business impact of DNI on companies of any size in five years. Let's start the segment with Karen Sumberg from the Center for Talent Innovation. Start us off, Karen. So I think in five years, we're still going to be having this innovation conversation and this inclusion conversation, but I think that the generation coming into the workplace now, your millennials, uh, Gen Ys still coming in, are really going to push this to a different place. Um, and so we'll be having that same conversation, but it's going to be a little further along, and it's going to be really pushed by the fact that um, baby boomers are moving out, Gen Ys are coming in, and the expectations are going to have changed radically. Okay. Anything else you want to, uh, anything specific, or did we miss any talking points you wanted to bring up, Karen? I know you have some great statistics from CTI. Talk to me a little more. You know, I think that this, this connect between innovation and inclusion cannot be understated. It's such a critical point, and it can be very helpful in driving home, you know, Mark's point, Anka's point, Andrea's point about how 
DNI is not this separate um, entity that lives in HR. It really is and needs to be owned by the business. It needs to be integrated into the business, and it's something we are consistently working with companies on in our research to make sure that they can make the best case to their leaders for why this happens or how they can show their leaders how this is already being embedded and baked into their business strategy and why it's so important to continue that and to continue to um, put their efforts, put their money behind getting the best talent and getting the best diverse talent and then making sure that you're building that inclusive and innovative environment where they want to stay and be for the long term. Thank you, Karen. Quick question for you. In your research, do you ever come across companies where somebody is the flag waver, the banner waver, and they say, Ah, DNI, not happening in my company. I want somebody to help me become an advocate. Andrea talked about be everybody is an agent of change. But what if a company just doesn't understand it? Nah, we like it. We're all the same. We all get along together, yada, yada. And somebody comes in, a new hire, and they say, damn, DNI, we've got to go there. It's going to help us grow and be innovative and get into all the good business stuff we've been talking about for the last hour. Where would somebody go or... Karen, are they in the wrong place, the wrong company? Do they need to leave? How do you bring it if it's not already there quickly? You know, I think it's really understanding the experience of your employees because often, um, you know, employee engagement surveys are very important, but um, they don't often get at the day-to-day experience. And so really sitting down with your employees, whether that's through focus groups, interviews, whatever it is, to really understand what is it to be a, a woman at this company, what is it to be a man at this company, what is it to be a person of color at this company, what is happening, because certainly companies always struggle to marry the difference between high engagement scores and then what is actually happening in their numbers where they see drop-off of diverse candidates uh, at certain parts of the pi- of the talent pipeline. And so, you know, for that person who's coming in, maybe it's not the right company for you, or if they are mm-hmm. in a position to make change, I say the first part is let's really understand what that experience is and let's really talk to leaders about what that experience is and how that impacts our bottom line. And really, again, tying it back to that business case. It's a hard thing to do. It's not it easy, um, but it's certainly a necessary part of the process. Good. Just want to bring up the reality check. Mark McLean Barclays, talk to me. Predictions. I'll give you a minute and a half. Tops, go. Yeah, Bonnie, let, let me just put a little bit of context around my prediction. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. not too long ago, a few years ago, I was uh, challenged by a senior leader in an organization who said to me, you know, Mark McLean, if you're really good at your job, you'll be working yourself out of it. And I said, you know, that's absolutely right. You're right. And this is sort of this prediction uh, piece of five years from now. I said, but l- let's put this in context, right? And that is, in the U.S., we've been working on women's rights and mm-hmm. equality for women since before I was born. And we still don't have pay parity for women in the U.S. So I'd like to get that piece taken care of in my lifetime. Now, should we talk about the emotive nature of LGBT or race and ethnicity, and where do we want to go from there? And my point to this is, yes, as a diversity practitioner, my point is to help organizations continually get better. Five years from now, the dialogue will be different, but it will be different depending on where we sit in the world. We will be having a different dialogue here in London or in Mm -hmm. New York about women in senior leadership. I'm absolutely um, certain of that. We're focusing on improving the diversity of our board of directors. We've just this week announced the third 
female non-executive director. So we have that focus. But then if you look at a global business, the dialogue is going to be very different in Africa and within different Mm -hmm. countries in Africa, where we're starting at a different point, right, in emerging markets from a diversity standpoint. So I get nervous, really, when we start to broad brush the approach to diversity or even in predicting where we will be. I think we have to continue to have very thoughtful dialogues like we are today. Mm-hmm. We have to take into account shifting demographics and immigration, right? And how does that change what the population looks like in London or in Mumbai or in you name a country or a city around the world? And that is going to continue to shift the diversity dialogue. I do agree with Karen. I think an incoming generation in certain mature markets is going to have probably a more a, a healthier impact in their expectation of diversity and inclusion in the workplace. But then as you look at emerging markets, it's a very different starting point, a very different dialogue. We're not talking about pay parity for women mm-hmm. in countries that are emerging markets. We're talking about skilling women up, getting education levels, or even um, access to education in some of the emerging markets to tap into this amazing resource that we call women in those markets. So five Agree. years Mark, now, Mark, yep, yeah. wrap it because I, I have about 45 seconds each for and- Andrea and Anka, so wrap it up for me, please. So you done? five years from now, we're going, to be <laughs> yes. having the, we're going to be having the conversation. It's just going to be in a different context. Thank you. Great points. Andrea Agnew, Comcast. I'll give you 45 seconds. Tops, go. Sorry, kid. So I'll I'll say that when CEOs of of, of businesses are beginning to have this um, D&I conversation as just a mere a mere bullet point versus a selling point that they are culturally competent and it's embedded in the way you do business on a day-to-day practice. And so when leaders are no longer selling it, they've become owners of inclusive, um, inclusive, um, culturally competent and innovative business practices. Wonderful. Thank you. And Anka Wittenberg, take me out. Give me your 45 second best predictions, please. Absolutely. So one part is it would be wonderful if nobody would need us anymore. I don't ah. see that up to now because <laughs> okay. even in the mature market, we are right now good at recruiting females. We are not that good still at retaining them, and I think there we still need a shift in our culture. It's a different way of values that will be driving us going forward as a company but also in society. It's a lot more about being connected And for that, we still need the diversity. And for that, we still need the awareness we are all bringing to the table here right now. Thank you, Anka. Let me do my closing. I'm running short here. i got to speed talk through it next week on HR Trends with Game Changers, Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, October 8th, Business Trends, the HR-led business, October 15th, talent recruiting, best practices, all these topics tie together. You get it? And Coffee Break with Game Changers, my flagship show, tomorrow at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. We're talking about a, a repeat topic, Care Circles Autism Awareness Part 2, fresh ideas about 
inclusion. What are we talking about here? And that bringing diversity to the workforce. October 9th, you don't want to miss it. Sports and technology. We've got the CIO of the National Basketball Association. We've got the head of technology for Sailing Team Germany and a couple of other great speakers. You don't want to miss October 9th. Thank you, Karen Sundberg, Mark McLean, Andrea Agnew, Anka Wittenberg. You're all fantastic panel. Hope we can have you back on. Shout outs to Liz Brenner, Tom Flanagan, Malcolm Kimberlin, and Randy and the Business Channel team. And happy vacation to Brad. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Okay, here you go. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. See you tomorrow on Coffee Break. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.